Hey, Beauty Needs Me family. Welcome to another episode. We are your hosts, Dunio Dumasu and Talia Griffin. Our guest today is the British Nigerian entrepreneur Ade Hassan, who created Nubian Skin, a nude undergarment brand for black and brown women that has graced stages across the world from Broadway to Beyonce. In today's episode, we discuss the inspiration behind Nubian skin, the intersection between beauty and fashion, Ade's beauty and hair routines, as well as the products she swears by. As always, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on IG at Beauty Needs Me and email us your suggestions and comments at beautyneedsme at gmail.com. Enjoy. Hey everyone, just a small disclaimer that we are still recording remotely, so please bear with us if there are any audio inconsistencies. Nubian skin was just born out of frustration. Um, I think pretty much every black brown girl knows um, or has had the experience of, you know, wanting something nude, right? So going into a shop and being like, oh, I want a nude bra, right? Like you just think I need a nude bra. Um, or you need some tights pantyhose right and you you're looking and you're looking and there's sort of beige or if it's hosiery there's like American tan um, and I just got really frustrated and I'd always wanted to start my own business um, and I knew I wanted to do something in fashion but I wasn't sure what and I remember I was sitting um, at my desk at work and it was like a light bulb went on and I just thought you know what, nobody's doing this, that's the business I'm going to start. So I basically created Nubian Skin because I couldn't find the product that I wanted out there. What in the world is American tan? I mean, I don't know, but it's a really popular hosiery color. Maybe it's like popular in the UK. Wait, is that the official name of it? Or is yes. That, it's the standard nude. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's so like there's like beige, beige, which is just like if you want to buy a bra, that's like beige. But when right. you you know like when you're trying to buy pantyhose, I'm using pantyhose because this is like an American audience. Um, <laughs> so when you go to a shop and you buy you want to buy tights. They have like all these different um different names, and American tan is like what is just just like one of them that everybody knows. That shit is crazy. I wonder like <laughs> whose complexion? What American is? I mean. <laughs> it was just like a sort of it's just another like beige color that's crazy so early on in your journey with nubian skin you went viral so this was back in 2014 you went viral from a photo and publications immediately started reaching out carrie washington retweeted about the brand at the time did you know or did you feel like you were creating something revolutionary like nude undergarments for women of color I so I I definitely knew it was something different and something that hadn't been done before and something that was very very necessary I won't even say it hadn't been done before because I'm sure everything under the sun has been done before but definitely wasn't something that was available Um, and so I knew that it was a very very needed product and I I always um, thought of it as a movement Um, you know not just oh, here's a nice bra, but I did think of it as a movement, like, we're going to be represented. Um, I just didn't anticipate um, the love that I would receive because it was overwhelming. Mm. Why didn't you anticipate that? 
you know, when you're working on something and you're quite um, siloed, you know, you're just like, it's you. And I and the other thing is, I didn't really tell very many people I was working on it. I'm definitely mm-hmm. one of those people who would rather have it done and ready before I start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hadn't told people about it. And when you're working on something, you're putting so much effort into something. And I mean, it's a tiny business. We're still a tiny business. But then we were an unknown. We ha- I had no marketing budget. It was just me. Um, and I you just can't imagine that something you're working on that's quite small I mean I always wanted it to be bigger but you just can't see the path right um and because you know it wasn't like I had the budget to be um, putting it on billboards or putting it in magazines I didn't I didn't know anything about PR like I didn't know anything right so you just kind of think well you know I'll maybe try and like speak to some universities and maybe that way like it'll get out (laughs) word of mouth you know I just never and I was really new to social media as well. I mean, I'd never personally had like a Twitter account and um, I'd, I think I'd had an Instagram account for like, you know, a few months at that point. So um, I just didn't fully understand the power of social media. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. So you've you've cited before that Eunice um, Johnson and Iman are two of your inspirations for creating Nubian Skin. Were they also the inspiration for you to use foundation shades as the basis of figuring out what colors Nubian skin would offer? You know, that's a, that's a good question. I I don't know if that they were necessarily the um, inspiration behind using foundation shades, but mm-hmm. it was just a very logical way to go about it because there was there weren't fabric suppliers that were making these colors. Um, right. And because I couldn't go into a shop and be like, oh, that's a brown nude, or that's another brown nude. I just kind of had to think, well, what's the one thing where there are skin tones in multiple colors? Um, and, and the one thing I think about was foundation. So walk us through, so, so what did you do? Did you buy a bunch of different foundations? Did you put it on paper like how did you actually evaluate the different shades yeah so i um i bought a pantone booklet so pantone had um something called like pantone skin tones or whatever so i bought like that booklet and then i went to different makeup counters and it is that was such an interesting experience because i went into firstly one of the like the biggest department stores like one of the really famous department stores with an amazing makeup section um in the uk and this was 20 i think at this point it was 2013 it was 2013 or 2014 but anyway i go into the makeup counter and there were different makeup counters and i'm like obviously there'll be loads of options for women of color and there were not there were i mean maybe three brands maybe Mac, I think, was one of them, um, and I mean, they had at that point, that time, the largest selection in this particular department store. Um, I think maybe, I mean, it was woeful. And then I went to a different department store, and there was Fashion Fair, and there was a brand called Black Up, um, mm-hmm. and and that was it, as far as like having. Right multiple colors because I needed it to be because basically what I was doing was going to these places trying all of the colors that were dark enough and trying to match them to the Pantone booklet Mm -hmm. um and there were just so few brands that actually had enough i.e more than two um for me to be able to do that comparison so I mean the beauty landscape has changed tremendously since then 
Um, but that was, that was the situation then. Um, and then I thought I'd matched up the Pantone colors, sent it off to the factory, waited to get my samples and they were just wrong. (laughs) They were wrong. They just didn't turn out well. The Pantone colors just weren't real like people colors. And so that was like a year long process of trying to refine the colors, Mm. adding, you know, just basically going back to them being like, "Mm, that needs to be more yellow or more red or deeper in order for it to be like a skin tone skin tone so um but yeah that was that was <laughs> that was the makeup but uh, fabric right, journey right so safe to say back then that the beauty industry at least from your perspective with dealing with foundations was similar to fashion and that there just weren't a lot of options for black women yeah i mean obviously in, in fashion at that point it was like it was just a non-starter it just didn't exist yeah. in beauty um there were options but in the if you sort of were looking at department store brands, there were options, but they were few. Um, and maybe if you were lucky, one of the colors from one of the brands would fit you, you know, would match you. But it wasn't a situation where you could go in and say, okay, I've got like five brands and I can pick. Um, and then you also, and then that's not even to talk about, you know, drugstore brands, right? Maybe. Where you can where it's like a little bit more affordable mm-hmm. uh, so and and the uk was is definitely worse than the us having lived in both places but even in the us it still wasn't that great yeah wow <clears throat> um that's crazy i mean we we have come a little bit a little bit further <laughs> as far as that but i mean Fenty just came out like last week so so i want to take a moment to discuss your ted talk um i loved it and like i you're very welcome i love ted talks um i got the courage to approach my boyfriend because of a ted talk so (laughs) wait a minute talia you approached stewart sweet Yes, this is not my love story. We shall talk about that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, I want to know more. <laughs> I, think, I think the people want to know. We are, I sure do. We are not doing my love story. <laughs> this is not about me. Don't get me off track. <laughs> that is not what we're talking about at all. <laughs> Don't worry, Ade. I'll make sure you find out. I know. Honestly, I'm like, yeah, I need mean, <laughs> So back to your TED Talk. Um, all right. Two things really stood out to me. So the first was that during the talk, you discussed how at first when articles would come out, you never made it known that you were the founder. And I found that really interesting because I have a friend who has a swimsuit line who did the exact same thing. Like she wouldn't personally promote it or when articles would come out, like she wouldn't claim the line as her own. And you said that you were afraid that if it failed, it meant that you had failed. But it had already went viral and it had already proven to be an anticipated brand. Why do you think that doubt still lingered and so much so that you were afraid to claim the brand you created? So we went we went viral um, August 2014. I didn't actually launch the company till October 2014. So we didn't have our product, had samples, but I didn't have my product. And so all of this stuff is happening, you know, like people are talking about it, our mailing list is growing, and I didn't have product, um, I didn't know how to run a company, I, I, I mean, 
so the the idea was out there the brand name was out there but the actual company hadn't, hadn't even started trading and so um also the other thing was i thought it was going to be a slow burn um i had as i said I, I didn't tell people what i was working on so i hadn't told people uh like Dooney didn't know at that point right like one of my closest family members i had told my mum, i told my sister and um i think my brother at that point did my dad know i don't know i mean like literally i had i had just I think maybe at that point he knew, but he knew later on the game because my daddy can't keep a secret. Love you, daddy. Um, so um, I just hadn't told people. And so then this whole thing went viral and all of a sudden it's everywhere. And I was like, I haven't even told people what I'm doing and now it's all over the place. So there was that. So that was probably like the first point. But then secondly, as I said, I hadn't actually really started running the company yet. And so... Mm. Um, and it was just me. So people thought, I think because it went viral, people thought there was a major PR machine behind it. I mean, there wasn't. I think people thought that we were like a massive company. Again, we weren't. Um, people, you know, made lots of assumptions. Probably there was like lots of money behind it. There wasn't. Um, and so it was just all very overwhelming and very scary. You know, you're like, <laughs> I've been working in this like tiny bubble. And then all of a sudden, eyes are on it, eyes are on it from being like a complete secret to being viral is a very, it's just like that messes with your mind. Um, mm. And then also, yeah, as I said, it, it wasn't proven, right? So people were talking about it, but I didn't know if anybody was gonna buy a bra. Um, mm. And so it was all just very, it was just a lot. It was a lot to take on. It was a lot to sort of reconcile um, at that time. I'm always like, I find your brand so interesting because like, black women brown women like we've always had titties like i just don't even understand <laughs> like no one thought that maybe we would want nude underwear like that's crazy to me right right yeah i mean and i always say that like a lot of the big brands right like people know everyone knows victoria's secret right who owns and runs victoria's secret like at that point an old or middle-aged white man right so yep and what's selling well nude great you don't have a problem if it's not broken don't fix it if mm. people in the room don't have an experience where they're thinking or somebody's saying hey that's not my nude they're not gonna know right yeah. like it's not their experience and nobody's ever said nude isn't selling it is selling so um if nobody in the room has that issue and if nobody in the lives of the people in the room has that issue they're just not gonna know about it Mm -hmm. um, very true so i think a lot of big big brands um you know underwear brands don't have just there wasn't anybody in the room to to make that to make that um argument and then um if you're looking at smaller brands it's i mean hands up like it is trying to create the colors one is a lot of work secondly actually then putting the money in to custom dye those colors because nobody's making those colors off you know it's not like you can get black beige and white you can get those in any place from any fabric supplier you can't buy that so you have to custom make it it's expensive um and again a lot of lingerie brands independent brands are not run by black people so you just <laughs> it, it's just people at the table um don't have the experience um of of most black women yeah 
I mean, another really interesting thing that you mentioned during the TED Talk um, was when you talked about the sacrifices you made in your personal life. I know when me and Dooney were getting this podcast together, we put it together in like two weeks. And by like day 10, my boyfriend was like, so when do we get to talk? Like we're quarantined (laughs) together, but we're not really hanging out. Um, And one and like we all know that it's really important to show up in the world for those that show up for you. But you said that you had to miss two of your really good friends out of town weddings. Uh, How did you deal with things like that? You know, people close to you feeling abandoned because of the dreams you have for yourself. Um, So, goodness, Um, I think several things. Um, One, actually, my boyfriend is now my husband. Um, He was brilliant. Um, He just, when I finally told him, he just got it. Um, And so that was great to not have um, somebody who, um, resented the fact that I was working so hard. He was also working incredibly hard. So we both, you know, were like doing our hustling. So that worked out really, really well. Um, and then when it came to friends, you know, that is, it, it's, it was, and they were, I've got amazing friends, first of all, so I'll put that out there. But, um, you know, I think in situations like that, you sort of, people, will either take offense or they'll look at you and go, you know what, actually, like, I get it. Um, and luckily mm-hmm. I had friends who, who got it. Um, and then obviously afterwards, you know, when people kind of figure out what's going on, um, you know, they're, they're proud of you. Um, and do I wish I'd been to those weddings? Absolutely. They were epic. <laughs> and I, they're not funny. They're, it's like there's those types of things are never going to happen again. Um, but, um, you know, you make it up to people um, in other ways and you show up when it really counts. But, you know, I have to say, and, and Ade, you know, so for the listeners, Ade's actually my, my first cousin. Um, and I don't know. So... Talia, tell me if, like, so Nigerians are so, like, dead ass about the familial connection. So it's never just, like, yeah, that's my cousin. It's like, that's my first cousin. It's my first cousin. Like, yeah, it's like, blood. yeah, like, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, um, yeah, we have the same, uh, uh, like, our, our moms are sisters. So it's not just that they're sisters. It's like, yeah, my mom's her immediate junior sister. Same, <laughs> same mother, same father. Like, there's just, it's, <laughs> There's always this, like, you know, you have to, like, explain the actual bond. But the reason I say that is because for Ade to miss something for a friend, for family, like, to not show up, that says a lot. Because you are always pretty present. Mm. Like, even Ade and I, we went to Australia together in 2018. And she was going through something, you know, for her business. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was maybe your supplier or something. And I think you were actually running the risk of like meeting whatever your new launch date was for your new line. Do you remember that? Yes. And <laughs> and she was stressed out, but she was still so present and still very much like she like at one point was just like, whatever, put her phone away and continued on. And I remember being like, I might have been like, listen, you go on enjoy I'm going back to the room like you know <laughs> so even though you were sacrificing I know that for you to have made for you to have um done that 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 just it means 
like you had to have been extremely overwhelmed because that's just not who you are it yes and also i mean to be honest especially with both of those weddings and i explained that these to my friends i had just put in all of my money into the business i didn't have money i yeah. can go i can mm-hmm. afford it so mm-hmm. um and, and I mean, you can't argue with that, right? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, it's funnily enough, for one of the weddings, I actually had a, somebody offered to pay for me to go, but I was like, Aww. that's just not, like, I could, yeah, You're I not going to do, do that. that either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, Adi, there's often stories about whether or not there's appropriate makeup available for black models backstage at fashion shows. And when I say often stories, I mean that there are, there is not, there are not appropriate makeup options available. Um, I imagine this is similar for undergarments. So what similarities have you seen between the fashion and beauty industries as it pertains to inclusivity for black people? Yeah, so um, definitely 100%, basically every model that I've ever worked with has mentioned that what that definitely 100% they've never been able to have underwear um, mm. prior to being skinned that match their skin tone and I've heard, as you said, so many stories about just makeup artists not knowing how to work with black skin, not having the right colors, mm. people trying to put a color on somebody where you're like, really, come on. Right. Um, and I think there are definitely, a, I mean, there are a lot of similarities. Obviously, the beauty industry is um, slightly ahead of fashion in regards to when it comes to actual skin tones. Um, but again, as I said, a lot of it has to do with who's in the room making um, making those decisions, which is why I am so, so glad. I mean, over the past, I'd say, five, six years, the number of beauty brands and fashion brands that are owned and started by women of colour has just mushroomed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think you're, obviously, you're just starting to see, you know, whether it's you know, sometimes it's not even about skin tone, but sometimes it's about, okay, um, these particular pigments and these particular colors will just look really great on, um, you know, darker skin tones or with fashion, um, you know, maybe about sizing um, and, and the shape of a garment so that it suits the black body as much as that's, there's not one, but you know what I mean, um, mm. better. And so, yeah, definitely, I think there's there's been a lot of similarities the fashion industry is behind the beauty industry in this which is not Mm. ideal um but um it's great to see women who have been put on the sidelines actually just starting to say you know what i'll just do it myself i'll take charge and you know what's really interesting so i model and it wasn't until we were having you as a guest on the show that I realized that actually the one nude bra I have that I bought to take on castings is not my skin tone. It doesn't, it's actually not my skin tone. And I was like, oh, so now I know where to purchase one because that would be nice. Like it just, I just take whatever, whatever's available at Target. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, I do deserve to have one that's my skin tone too. Yeah, and I mean, especially for um, young models, I remember um, one, she's now actually quite a famous model, but she, at the very beginning of Nubian Skin, she'd come around to the office, and she was just like, I'm so, so happy, Um, and she just talked about stories from when she was 
like young underage um as a model being backstage and just like having you know there's always like sleazy people hanging around but she Mm. talked about the fact that not having nude underwear meant that you know it's fast 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 paced right so they'd just be like just go without um Mm. so you've got young girls young women who are being exposed simply because at that point in the fashion industry there wasn't something that enabled them to um you know to have their skin tone to to basically have that sort of clothing protection that the other white girls could is it naomi campbell is she the model (laughs) no (laughs) naomi campbell has not been uh not not famous for a very very long time (laughs) but i wish it was I, I ran not. into her once at the airport and completely geeked out. It was <laughs> embarrassing. I remember you told me about you WhatsApped me after that. Actually. I was just like, I literally just stared at her, being like, "I love you, I love you, I love you." It's really, really embarrassing. <laughs> Ade, how do you see fashion and beauty intersecting? Oh, you know what? I, in so many ways, but um, it's one of those things where I think a lot of times, um, even though the amount of spend. Um, says this isn't the case but a lot of times people trivialize or you know they just say like beauty is not important fashion is not important it's not serious right but it is it's such um it enables women to express themselves right like you can have and that doesn't mean you need to be like dressed to the nines or like made up um you know every single day but it allows people to express themselves so if you decide that you know like you just really love a blue eyeliner or you just love, um, you know, wearing a black fitted turtleneck dress or whatever, right? Like, that's your thing. You can be, or you could be completely outlandish and go the other way, right? Like, so it's just such a, it's an expression of self. Um, Mm. It's an expression of self. and, And again, when it comes to putting ourselves out in the world, you know, people look at your face and they look at what you're wearing right that is just such a massive part of um oh you can make i mean it's just it's whether you put in the effort or not again it's still beauty it's still fashion um whatever choice you decide to make and whatever where you lie on the spectrum um and so i think there is a lot of intersection there because again because it's just it's it's a way for people to express themselves um, and it's something people can have fun with, and it's something that everybody is exposed to. Yeah, absolutely. I was telling um, Dooney earlier, I was like, I don't know a fashion girl that's not a beauty girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, it, it intersects so much. Exactly, because even if you're not, you know, even if you don't wear, you don't wear foundation, you don't wear mascara, whatever, but, like, you're wearing lip gloss, you know, you're wearing lip balm, you've got some like face cream that you love it's just it's everybody everybody uses it yeah. and it's fun <laughs> it is. Um, so sustainability and fashion is a big topic around the world um, at the last fashion week I even attended an event about the subject as a small business have you been able to find ways to make your brand ecosystem more sustainable Yes. Um, so when we first launched, we actually produced everything out in the Far East. Well, all the lingerie in the Far East. We've always done the hosiery in, in um, Europe. Um, but over the years, one of the things that I did was switch all of our production to Europe just because I felt as though um, from a... Even though the factory we used was amazing in, in China, um, I just felt that 
you know, workers' rights and everything were obviously much more uh, paid attention to in in Europe. Um, mm. And then when it came down to, you know, the actual nuts and bolts of it, we started using sort of eco-packaging. Um, so um, packaging that could be recycling when we sent out our shippings um, and we started using... Um, thinking more and more about the fabrics that we were using, which was another reason for us to start um, sourcing everything in Europe um, or close by. Uh, and so we recently um, launched an organic cotton range because, again, that's just better for the environment. And so it is it is more expensive. Um, and, and, and so that, you know, has an effect on your pricing, where you're producing and, and what you're using as far as your components. Um, but it is something that I would love to do more of um, and it's definitely something that we're taking sort of baby steps towards um, where we can. I love that. I mean, yeah, because everyone wants things that feel soft against their booty, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. Um, okay, so this is just this is just a real British question because yes. I saw it um, when I researched you and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, so you were awarded an MBE at Buckingham Palace for fashion. Yes. And I was Ooh. like, what is that? Is the queen giving out awards, <laughs> like degrees or what's happening? Yeah, of course. So um, twice a year, the queen gives out honors. Um, and um, in the honors, basically it's the queen will... Um, you'll be awarded and there's different levels of it so i have an mbe so that's a member of um i suppose it like most like, something i should know this it's <laughs> but it's a member of the british empire and it's um and the highest level is being knighted right um and then there's all different sorts of levels and so um it's usually given to people who have done sort of outstanding work um in their fields um, and so I received mine for services to fashion. Um, and so an MBE is basically an honor from the queen, um, saying that you've done significant work, which has been recognized, I think, nationally and internationally, um, in the fashion industry. That's okay, well done. Well Thanks. done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I took my parents to Buckingham Paris. They wore their <laughs> traditional Nigerian clothing. It was amazing. <laughs> well done. So let's keep on the topic of um, people in high places. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Queen Bee, Beyonce, oh, Beyonce and Queen, all yes. her dancers wore Nubian skin uh, during her 2016 formation tour. Yes. Now, although you did not invite me, you didn't ask me to come to London. Um, well, I didn't have my it's own okay. tickets. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Let's Let's stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you ended up connecting with her and supplying some of the garments that, that her and her team wore. Um, so people always like think I'm such an idiot when I tell this story. But anyway, <laughs> I got an email. I think it came to like our info box or our customer care box or something. Um, and it said you know i'm so and so i'm beyonce stylist um we'd love to like work with you for the formation tour and i was just like delete (laughs) because i was like there is no way right like i was like there's literally no way in the world that one anybody working beyonce knows about this brand i was like this person is clearly trying to get free product and that's a scam so forget it because I deleted it and then I think like two days later or something I was like mm, 
let me see if this guy was legit. I, I don't know why I was thinking. I was just like, let me just, let me send this to one of my friends. And so I sent it to two friends, actually, who work in the industry. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, we know him. Yeah, he's great. Like, you need to respond to this message. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I threw VLT in the rubbish. I was like, please. And so they were like, we basically just uh, wrote him back and, like, play, literally played VLT nonstop like two days and we're just like please let this guy come back to us because this is a ridiculous opportunity and he did and he came back and he was like oh this is great he's like yeah this is her size this is her color these are all the things we need and i was just like what is happening right now because the formation tour was sold out in the uk Mm. i didn't even have tickets but her costume hooked me up so of course (laughs) but yeah that's how that happened and was almost missed because i just like didn't i i was i mean it's beyonce right like well it was her stylist let me not get that far but (laughs) it was her team backstory yeah did you get to meet her when you were there i did not get to meet her no i i'm yet to meet beyonce one day but i i can but you know what I am satisfied with the fact that my bras have touched her boobs. <laughs> you fulfilled the need. It's coming, though. It's coming. The meeting is coming. Beyonce is oh good for gosh. supporting us and showing up for us. Oh, she is amazing. Her team. She's amazing. Her team is amazing. Um, another brand actually called Deep Blue Dazzled. Um, she's based out in LA. She makes these ridiculously amazing dazzled cat suits in all different nude colors, and she wore her for that same tour. Um, and, and again, black owned. And so she just really, her and her team are really about the people. And I just think it's amazing. I love that. So Nubian skin is in so many stores around the world from Amsterdam to Kenya, but you also have a healthy e-commerce business with ASOS and the brand's personal site. Have you had to make any significant adjustments since the emergence of COVID? You know what? We actually made a strategic decision um, mid last year that we were going to stop selling wholesale and focus on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we basically, I think at the end of last year, we sort of sent out the last of our, um, you know, wholesale things. And we've just, we focused, started focused directly on our own e-com, um, which obviously then come March of this year, turned out to be the biggest blessing because um, anybody who's worked with retailers knows that they can be an absolute nightmare at the best of times Um, but I have so many horror stories from friends about um, retailers who cancelled orders you know after they'd already put in the capital to to source everything um, Mm. or people who were asking for discounts Um, and so having made that pivot ahead of time last the end of last year just because um we just felt that that was better for the brand um ended up being putting us in a much better position than we would have been otherwise great great and what changes if any have you seen in your business with the focus on buying black um we so i always talk about the fact that black women literally built my brand right like Mm. just and and I think in my TED talk, I talk about the fact that, you know, when you show up for black women, they show up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, obviously with everything with COVID-19, everything just kind of fell off of a cliff. Um, and then obviously with the whole, um, 
just the tragedies of the past month, well, um, years and years and years, but the focus of it this month, um, I remember mm. we, I made, um, I was really, really upset and my dad actually gave me some really good advice. He was just like, you need to, one, take care of your mental health and then he was like, and two, you need to do something. He was like, you can't just, um, he's like, you know, take action some way, like do something. And I'd been feeling very helpless. I think like a lot of people had because yeah. you just feel like the system is, is sort of stacked. Um, and so I, the thing I decided to do was to donate um, 20% of the revenue of the first week of June um, to Black Lives Matter. Um, and I remember just like putting that out there to everybody. That that's what I was going to be doing because, mm-hmm. um, you know, to let people know. And oh my goodness, like, the love, the love, the love, the love, the love. And people, I mean, I remember one lady was like, oh, I got a bra, I was going to return it for a different size, but forget it, I'll just order another one, I'm going to donate this bra because I want, you know, and and things like that. And so Mm. it was just, um, it was amazing. It meant that what we could donate was so much more than I had anticipated. I mean, small, obviously it's like a widow's mite in the grand scheme of things, but still, for us, it was a huge thing to do. and um and it's just been it's been amazing it's been it just feels as though i mean i've always as i say my brand is carried by black women but it just felt like an extra hug you know like in a difficult time yeah um where people were just like you know what you've been there for us and so we're gonna show up for you again um and and so i yeah i just i think it's been phenomenal and um really appreciated and that's that's amazing. I remember when you told me that you were going to do that and you're based in London. Your company is based in London. You're a British citizen. You live in London, yet you donated to Black Lives Matter. So, you know, even just walk us through what led to that decision, because that is a very U.S. focused. Correct me if I'm wrong, Talia, mm-hmm. organization. Absolutely. You know what, it, it is, in a way, but I think if you've been watching the news, the Black Lives Matter protests and the people, it was everywhere. It just spread, like people in London, people in all over Europe, because at the end of the day, racism isn't a US issue. The US talks about it more, people are more comfortable talking about it in the US, like they might not be in um, Europe, but it's still, you know, people felt that um and again as i say when people shop for you you shop for them right the u.s is a huge part of our market um and seeing that pain and that hurt because we in the uk we don't have a militarized police force i mean they still manage to abuse their power in other ways but it's not like the u.s right like they have but you feel that pain and i've lived in the yeah. u.s yep. and the thought that um and, and I, I just, I had a, a baby a few months ago and I was looking at him and I, I haven't watched that video. I can't watch that video. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard uh, that he cries out for his mum and mm-hmm. that broke me, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just thinking you're killing people's children. Um, and I, I was thinking about, OK, what do I want to donate to? And I couldn't be out there protesting, um, but... I knew that that was a way I could contribute. Um, and you know, it's, and, and it's one of those things where 
where people, you know, the whole like black lives matter. And then some people are like all lives matter. It's like, fine. Yes, this is a, a US centric issue, but it's still black people. Mm-hmm. So um, if that's what happens to need help at this particular time, then that's what I'm, that, that's where I'm going to put my effort. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Sorry. No. So uh, Adi, recently there was a buy black pound day. Is that yes. right? Yes. So explain yes. that to us because a lot of us may not be familiar with that. Yeah, of course. So the pound is the UK's currency, uh, pound sterling. Um, and so we, um, I don't know who started it actually, um, but there was the idea that, you know, people wanted to, because again, a lot of these movements come out of the US, um, but racism is still very much a problem in the UK. Um, and so there was the idea that somebody had that we should on the first Saturday of the month only buy from black British businesses because they wanted to show the power of the pound so the idea was you do not spend any money outside of the black community on the first Saturday of the month and Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be recurring Um, and so that was that was the the thought behind that it's one just to show um, the economic power of the black community, but also to then funnel that um, funnel black money into the black community. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, so you you mentioned that you recently had a son, and we know that you're married. Um, so you also expanded your brand to include men and we we do have some men who listen to the podcast so i just want to assure them that there are undergarments for them as well um how is that business doing is that something you're gonna like keep leaning into i mean it's not much you know they don't have um i don't know bras but (laughs) yeah definitely um we i the love has been so great like the men have uh, goodness, how did, why did I even start with men? Um, I think, obviously, I'd always... The brand had been, like, empowering women, embracing our colour. But I, I remember once... I can't remember what song I was listening to. It was an Afrobeat song. This was years ago. Um, and I was, used to listen to it as I was running. And for some reason, as I was listening to this song, I just had, like, this visual of, like... Um, men in our in like our boxer briefs and like the whole like just this whole montage in my head and so I'd always wanted to do them and I always had like guy friends who were like when are you gonna do something for us when are you gonna do something for Mm -hmm. us and so um it just felt like the right time um we launched a um a collection called Coco by NS and um it's sort of more athleisure inspired and so it just seemed that that would be a great thing to add to that mix um and it yeah i i i love it um we had so much love from for all of our guy models um but also um you know black men were like great finally i can buy it like they've been following the brand you know they're like i bought it for my girlfriend i bought it for my wife I bought it for my partner whatever um and they're like yeah now now we get to enjoy it as well um, men have skin you know, too exactly and they and they want to feel you know sexy in their nude as well <laughs> so Ade you've always been into self-care so yes Ade is actually the reason I even knew about Bath and Body Works because <laughs> when we were children I'm talking 10 11 years old Ade always had like every single Bath and Body Works shower gel <laughs> lotion <laughs> like <laughs> 
and I would always take them and use them. And <laughs> she and she painted her nails like nightly. Do you remember that? Like, I do, when, I were do. you in high school or whatever? Yes. It was? <laughs> you used to literally paint your nails every night. So you're and you're heavy into skincare. Yes. So has this always represented beauty to you? Um, and how has your idea of beauty evolved over the years? So I have. I've always been quite a girly girl. I love. I, I, as Julie has mentioned, I just love, I love skincare, I love beauty, I love everything, but I, um, my biggest, like, role model, the person I just literally worship is my mother, um, and I just have always thought she was the most glamorous person in mm-hmm. the world, and I remember literally being like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, just, I would be obsessed with everything she did, so... I'd like go into her room and look at her her vanity and she's like had all these perfumes and I was like oh my goodness this is magic um you know and I'd and I'd look at what she was wearing and I'd like look at her skincare regime because my mum is where I basically she's where I learned about skincare because she would always do the cleanse tone moisturize and so I cleanse toned and moisturized um and and yeah, my mum is basically <laughs> responsible. I just wanted to do everything she did from a really young age. Um, and then I and I just loved it. And so then, you know, when you start reading like magazines and you're literally you're like, ooh, face mask, ooh, nail polish. Like I just it's just always been something that I found really, really fun and a way to express myself. Mm. And you've lived all over the world. So you've mm. lived in America, London, Nigeria. Did you notice any differences as far as like skincare routines and beauty routines in these places? Yeah. So obviously when I was younger, everything was very influenced by my mother because that's who you have access to. Um, when we lived in Saudi Arabia, I was quite young. But um, what I remember is going to... Um, these little it's like perfume boutiques I, I don't know why we go there I guess my mom wanted to go there but um the man who owned the shop would always give me and my sister these really tiny um samples of like exquisitely smelling perfume um and you know even now as I get older um or as I'm older and I visit friends in the Middle East and stuff that that's definitely something sent there is just so important they've got like oud and and that is, I mean, I don't know if you, you know, how exposed you are to like different women. From I different live parts for of... a perfume sample, like still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like in the Middle East, like there is, oof, like, just this scent, and a lot of it's like oud based, but it is beautiful and it's just so alluring, right? And so that I think, whenever I think about the Middle East, I think definitely a lot about scent. Um, which makes sense when you think about it, especially in countries where maybe women are a bit more covered. That's a very, mm. it's an amazing way to express yourself, right? Um, your scent. Um, and then in the UK, I would say, um, uh, in the US, I feel like there was a lot more emphasis on, you know, just being well turned out. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, like just, you know, just people... Um, you know, put effort in and, and look great, like being in New York and or even down south when I went to university, um, definitely, you know, like the whole like southern, the way people present themselves, like people take a lot of pride in their, um, in the way they, in, in their, um, their appearance. Um, the UK is an interesting one because it is a lot more anything goes. 
Um, sometimes I feel like the UK sometimes has a bit of a bad reputation in that, but it's also, it is that anything goes. And so, um, you know, people are just maybe a little bit more experimental in things um, mm. or don't necessarily like follow a particular formula. Um, and in, when I lived in, in France, definitely a lot more of a um, well turned out, but not too done, if that makes sense, effortless. That's that exactly how I feel yeah. about France. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and then in Nigeria, oh, I mean, <laughs> listen to Nigeria is perspective. If I go to Nigeria and I am walking out the house, I mean, I could literally be going to like a market and I don't have earrings on. My mom's like, please. Yes. Don't, back. don't come and be doing that thing you do in, you're doing in London here. We don't do that here. Please go and put on earrings. Like, Nigeria, people do not play. Yeah. Beauty in Nigeria is, like, I mean, I'm talking about a party. Makeup artists in Nigeria make so much money. Yeah. People will hire a professional makeup artist to go to a party. Like, it's not even, it's not your wedding. Right, it's not your wedding. People hire a makeup artist to to go to just like just a regular party. Yeah. Um. I mean, the women there look. Do you think that natural beauty is appreciated in Nigeria? That what? Do you think natural beauty is appreciated in Nigeria? You know what I do. Um. And I to this day will not forget. Um probably still the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. We were in Ijebu, that's like my, my dad's hometown, and I think it was a church or something, but there was this woman, she had, girl, like she had dark, like ebony skin, and she wasn't wearing, I don't know if she was wearing any makeup, but she was just unbelievably beautiful. And mm. I remember my mom and my dad and me, and like everybody was just like, wow. <laughs> you know, like that was, but you know her skin, her skin was like butter, mm. right? And so I think there's definitely um, that element of even if so. There's the whole like Lagos, you know, like oh I'm bad, like people just are, like putting on, you know, like putting on a show for going out. But then there is also I think that more on a more basic level, just that taking care of your skin so that actual like skin is also incredibly beautiful and that's like using our natural products like um or your shea butter um is huge like literally you can go to the market and just get like a, a chunk of it like you know buy it like in pure form mm-hmm. um you know the oils people put in their hair black soap exactly and so people there is definitely you know you've got the like makeup 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 thing but you've also just got a very healthy appreciation for the natural things that really bring out um, the best in our skin as well. Yeah. What's your current skincare routine? Ooh. Um, so as Denise said, I've always been very um, serious about my skincare routine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it hasn't, I mean, it hasn't changed that much ever since I was pretty young. But um, I definitely do, um, without fail, a, you know, cleanse, and then either like a toner or an essence um, serum and a moisturizer. Usually I'm also putting a 
an oil mixing with that with the moisturizer. Adding, no. you have great skin. Do not skim over exactly what products <laughs> you're using. I don't know what this blanket statement is. <laughs> okay, so I I'm like now let me get into it. No, so I experiment with lots of different brands. Um, as far as uh, you know, just like a face wash or a um, or a um, a skin cream. But the one brand which has a face oil, which I literally use daily, um, if not twice a day, is actually a, um, it's called Mamasia. That's M-A-M-A-S-I-A. Mamasia, mm. she's a British brand. She sources everything from Ghana or other parts of West Africa. Um, and I use her Baobab oil. And mm. literally, I think, I think, Duni, I think I said, I remember when I landed in Australia, yeah. um, I sent Duni a selfie. And I even looked at the picture and I was like, wow, my skin looks great. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, I had used a face mist and I was putting on, after the face mist, this baobab oil on my skin. And it is like, the, honestly, this oil is magic. Wow. Nice. And so you have combo skin or like dry skin? I have dehydrated skin, which is normal to dry. Mm, okay. mm. And have there, has your routine changed after having the baby. baby i don't i don't know if i can say his name so i'm just gonna say the baby i was like what is this hesitation <laughs> <laughs> because i didn't it's very private so <laughs> you know yourself i want, well I, want uh-huh, I have to respect <laughs> um so you know what no um i was very very lucky in that my skin was great throughout pregnancy i know that's not everybody's experience um but my skin just sort of flourished um and I, there wasn't actually very much difference between pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, and, and post-pregnancy. Mm. Um, so not really, but I, I do love, oh, I love doing a steam every now and then. Definitely love a face mask. Um, sometimes we'll do an exfoliating, like a, an exfoliating mask, you know, so not like a scrub, but an exfoliating mask and then put on a sheet mask because then my skin's all prepped. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, we could talk about this for hours. I am <laughs> really... So when really, you really into skincare, when you talk about a steam, like everyone thought that I was a ghetto bird, but <laughs> I am really frugal and I use a clothing steamer because I don't like to iron and it works just fine when I'm steaming my face. Or did you like buy an actual <gasps> face steamer? No, I put a boil washer in a kettle. I put it in a bowl. I put a towel over my head. So I'm the only one who bought a face steamer. You're the only. <laughs> That's because you clearly have like, too much money. It was Where's like my 30, birthday present? It was like 30 bucks. I beg, I beg, I beg. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Big pharma. Big pharma. <laughs> Duty so rich is crazy. I am not. <laughs> She's like, I'm not rich and comfortable. Or whatever. Right. Nobody, nobody asks you, do you just stop spending money on face steamers? Because I literally just get a bowl, anyway, put on the kettle, anyway, and get anyway, a towel. So, um, do you have any makeup go tos? Like, are you a eyeshadow girl? Because Kanye's coming out with the palette, girl. <laughs> um. So makeup. Let's see. I I do so. If I, I'm not like big on, I don't wear makeup every day. Well, I don't wear like foundation and stuff every day, but I do love a brow pencil and a mascara. So brow pencil, my brows, I literally would not touch because my mum 
was one of those overplucked people and so she put the fear in me about touching my eyebrows and so mm. I literally won't touch my eyebrows um but there was a friend of mine has a salon in London called um uh nails and brows and she I remember when I was getting married she was like no 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 I'm gonna do this and she's like the only person who I let whose salon I've let touch my brows but she did a phenomenal job but she's got a brand called Beauty Edit Mayfair and honestly it's just it's really simple but their brow pencil is just amazing um and so I use that and then I use the mascara um and I really like the Matt Lancome um Mr. Big Monsieur Big, Monsieur Big is what it's called. Mm. Those are, yeah. So that's like, those are like my definite go-tos for beauty. Um, and then last summer, I picked up Pat McGrath's foundation. Mm. Oh, and I haven't tried that yet. It is amazing. Like I, I literally find excuses to wear foundation because <laughs> it's that it's it's like phenomenal, phenomenal, mm. phenomenal, phenomenal. And I thought I was the only one. I've never gotten my eyebrows done, so you make me feel really good. No, that I could just don't wait. touch your eyebrows. <laughs> don't touch your eyebrows. And honestly, I, I still don't pluck my eyebrows. I like have done it for like three occasions. But with her, um, with Beauty Edit Mayfair and this pencil, and then she's got like a brush and a setting gel or whatever, you don't need to. Mm. You just like work with what you've got. Nice, nice. So what about hair care? What, mm. what, what do you swear by? What's your routine to maintain your lovely fro? So I am less is more definitely with hair care. I'm relatively low maintenance. Um, so I basically wash my hair once a week and kind of forget to moisturize it. Don't tell people that. <laughs> but um, I moisturize it and then I forget about it till I wash it again. Um, but um, I have discovered a brand which I love, another black owned brand called Big Hair. It's Big Hair Plus Beauty. Big Hair and Beauty. Um, again, it is a black owned brand and it is phenomenal. And what I love about the brand is it's very, very edited. So there's like one shampoo called clean. It's mm. all made for curly hair. It, um, and it's, um, one shampoo called clean. They've got a co-wash called soft, which is like, I literally sent the woman who owns it an email being like, what juju did you put in this? <laughs> detangled because my hair just like detangled in my fingers and I don't understand what you've done um and they've got a deep conditioner called deep and um a leave-in conditioner called milk and literally that is um that's my skincare routine uh, not skincare that's my hair care routine um and Mama Sia the place that does baobab oil has this amazing sheer butter based um hair cream called hair food um and so I use that as well um, and sometimes the big hair and beauty hair cream, which is called Whip. But yeah, literally, that's, I swear by it, swear by it. Have you noticed any differences um, since having the baby? Like, I know a girl who, like, she has a small bald spot in the middle of her head, and she gave birth, like, a year ago. And I was like, what, what's happening? You've literally just pierced my heart because... I had such great hair when I was pregnant <laughs> and I had such great hair up until about one month ago and then I don't know what happened I mean it's the hormones clearly but like literally I have two bits in the side of my my temples and the hair just like left Aww. I know I can crazy. still hide it I can still hide it because of the fro so thank goodness for the fro 
but right. it was pretty like traumatic. <laughs> I hear stuff way. like that all the time. Like I know another girl who like she thinks that she's losing her edges. It's like these babies are warming our hearts and snatching our hair. Literally, <laughs> literally. Um, but it'll grow back. I think it just like takes some time. But um, yeah, it's I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> so we have a few more minutes with you. Um, so what's next for Nubian Skin? Ooh, what's next? Um, I am working on a, um, a few additions to our Naked collection, um, uh, which I'm excited about. Um, just some new bras that we're going to be adding in because we haven't had a t-shirt bra and a strapless bra for a while. And those um, have always done really well for us. And so people have been asking for them. Um, so we're hoping to get that in um, sort of by the time the autumn runs comes around um and some non-wide shapes as well we're looking at um and then i'm really and we actually very much on the horizon as in in the next two weeks we're going to be launching our shapewear um because people have been asking that for that for ages um and so we've got some corsets uh which we're going to be releasing in about a week and a half Oh my goodness. Okay, that's great. Okay, so I'm just going to wait to see what's coming out and then I'm going to place my order. So I can make sure I have all the goodies. Do it, do it, do it. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right, Ade, our final question for you. Why does beauty need you? Ooh. Why does beauty need me? I need beauty. Um, <laughs> no, why does beauty need me? Um, to be honest, I think representation is so important and there needs to be people you know we've talked about this earlier on that having people in the room who are making decisions means that people that look like you have their voices heard um and so for me beauty needs me because um i am a very or people like me have a very important voice and there's not enough of us at the table and so it is very very important um that there are people like me who are advocating for black women and women of color um, who have seats at the table. Thank um, you. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> no, of course. Hey, Talia here. Ade was super gracious in offering all of our Beauty Needs Me listeners a special promotion. From now until July 23rd, you can get 15% off your order by using the code BNM15. This does exclude all sale items because sale items are already on sale, but there's a lot of great stuff for men and women. It's really easy to like find the shade that suits you. This offer is only available on the Nubian Skin website. So you can go to nubianskin.com and then there's like a little section where you see for US or Canadian shipping because it is a European company, or you can just go straight to us.nubianskin.com. Remember, this offer does end Thursday, July 23rd, so make sure to take advantage. We can all use a discount. And again, the code is BNM15.